Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Okay, today is exciting. How disease starts in your body. Now, we're also going to have the censored portion. That's going to be on the Dr. B VIP. And God bless all of you that are supporting that. Um, it makes a huge, huge difference. It's only two ninety seven a month, but it's appreciated. And Extreme Health Academy, all you members, God bless you. It is so much fun to do those monthly webinars with you. And I've got more questions to answer, and I'll be doing that. So I want you to um, – this is kind of a fun. If you've never heard of the four-dog defense, okay, and this is – you can correlate it with every medical uh, procedure. Um, vaccine injuries is really, really good. Um, the four-dog four defense. First of all, I don't have a dog. And second one, if I had a dog, it doesn't bite. Third one, if I had a dog and it did bite, then it didn't bite you. Fourth one, if I had a dog and it did bite and it did bite you, then you provoked the dog. Okay, change that <laughs> to vaccines. Vaccines are safe and effective. Um, okay, well, vaccines are safe and effective and any side effects are rare. Okay, vaccines are safe and effective. Any side effects are rare. And if you had one, then it was probably your fault. You're genetically defective. It, it's just, if you got a sense of humor, that one's, yeah, that'll make you chuckle. So what we're going to look at is the five pathways that your body goes through to develop a disease. And, and I know it sounds bizarre that there is. But I'm going to read the um, neurologic um, and the physiologic part and then translate it into English. Number one, kinesopathophysiology. Now, kinesio means movement. Path means like a problem. Ology means study of. So when you're looking at this, each one of these are going to end in ology or study of. So kinesiopathophysiology means there's an alteration of movement. That leads to neuropathophysiology. What is that? That's a problem with the nervous system um, affecting it. Myopathophysiology. So you got the movement, then the nerves, then the muscles. And then if all of this stuff is going on, then you have histopathophysiology. That's a change in the tissue production. And then you have the production of disease, the pathophysiology. And that's the problem. So just boiling it down, trauma causes alterations in movement. So this could be trauma of sitting at a desk. It could be birth trauma. It could be um, a mom was given Pitocin at birth, causing the head to go forward. Now that alteration in movement is going to alter the brain. Because remember, the brain... Um, it gets its input from the cerebellum. The cerebellum gets its input from the correct position and motion of the vertebrae. So any alterations in movement alter that communication to the brain. And what does that do? You alter the brain's awareness of the environment. You have this automatic nervous system. One part keeps you alive under stress, and that's the sympathetic. The other part regenerates tissue. That's the parasympathetic. So the movement is going to trigger an altered communication of the brain. And you've got the hypothalamus that's up there. You've got the cerebellum that's up there. And that alteration in communication of the brain puts that brain in an altered autonomic nervous system state. 
And if you know that if you're under a sympathetic state or a fight or flight state or any kind of physical, chemical, emotional stress, the muscles down either side of the spine increase in tone. Okay, and then that leads to the, the alteration of perception of the environment changes the muscle activity. Now, if these muscles increase in tone, or there's going to be an antalgic lean where you're leaning off to one side or anything else, that's going to alter the structures. And when you're in a constant alteration of movement, you're in an altered nervous system state, the muscles are firing off in an abnormal fashion, that's going to change the tissue production in the area. This is why discs need motion in order to get nutrients to the disc because they have a horrible blood supply. But also, when you're in a chronic sympathetic state or low-functioning parasympathetic state, um, you get in low thyroid production, okay? You get an adrenal dominant state. These are all histological changes or changes in tissue and hormone production. Now, this stuff goes on long enough, then you have the pathophysiology or the actual dis-ease diagnosis. And this could be joint or organ dysfunction, destruction, type 2 diabetes, inflammatory bowel, degenerative disc, polycystic ovary, fibro. You come up with it, okay? And when doctors say we don't know what caused it, okay, they're lying, okay? They're, when you say we don't know instead of saying I don't know, you're falling back, you're, you're, you're not say, admitting that you as an individual doctor do not know the cause of this, okay? You're saying we in science knows, and we've just gone through three years of two weeks to flatten the curve. Uh, you've, you, a good hunk of your friends have been injected with a, um, an mRNA new experimental vaccine that has no liability, that killed 100% of the animal trials, and then we don't know how long the body's going to produce the spike protein. So we're seeing young athletes get cardiac issues and dying on the field. This is horrific. And But how did they cover themselves? They didn't say, look, each individual doctor screwed up and they should have given you the informed consent and they shouldn't have injected anything in you that wasn't approved, particularly something that was, you know, for something that's no worse than the common cold. Okay, so all of that was criminal. So now let's look at the pathology of disease. And I'm going to bring up a couple of case studies. One of them, a patient that came in yesterday and, and you know, concerned about a pacemaker, fully injected. And so when I asked, I said, you know, have you had the COVID shot? And enthusiastically telling me, yes, got both um, shots and three boosters and knowing that this can create inflammation, okay, in the body, uh, knowing that these little mRNA capsules can cross the blood-brain barrier and that her body is now producing a spike protein that is inflammatory, toxic, and it's the same thing as mad cow disease. It acts like a prion, which isn't a virus and it's not a bacteria, but this can have devastating effects. And she was concerned about a pacemaker. And I said, well, the heart has two nerve supplies, one in the top of the thoracic area, one in the neck. And we're going to see a problem in one or both of those areas. And the, that is where it comes from. And her daughter was with her, and her daughter wasn't having it. Her daughter was, you know, 
totally drank the Kool-Aid of the medical system. And so when we take the x-rays, sure enough, and I'm going to show those x-rays tonight, but you just kind of look at every human body. They are so brilliant, beautiful, and more energy than matter. And that brilliance is expressed in an intelligent way to adapt to the environment. And so when you're looking and understanding that only 10% of the nerves that come off the spine have pain fibers. Oh, yeah. 90%, 90% um, are, you're unaware of. So we got to look at, if you're looking at how you feel, that's not real accurate. If you look at how your structure and nervous system is, that's a good, accurate way to look at it. So now, let's look at, because at, following the great lords at the Center for Disease Control and the almighty doctor, and you know what I'll tell patients? I'll say, hey, do you know what my cardiologist says? And they'll look at me like, whoa, what? And I'll say, why the heck would I have a cardiologist? Um, you got a guy that's not looking at the nerves that supply the heart. They're not looking at the physiology. They're not looking at the autonomic nervous system. Um, they're not looking at gut function, even though that can affect the heart. They're not looking at the structure. No, these are pharmaceutical trained insane people. Let's look at the chronic disease in America. You've got um, six out of 10 or 60% of the uh, adults in America have either heart disease, cancer, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, strokes, Alzheimer's, type 2 diabetes, or chronic kidney disease. Okay, six out of 10, 60%. And that's from following this insane system. Um, we have to break from the system. That's why we're doing a talk on where these diseases come from, because what do they say? And when you look at the CDC website, they say, look, um, it could be corrected by unhealthy diet or, or caused by unhealthy diet, lack of exercise. Um, and so do doctors get paid to tell you to do this stuff? No, they generally don't. Are they looking at the nervous system? No. Um, so when you're looking at all of these, they're really adaptations. They're adaptations, not real diseases. Um, now, the, the, Bob Sackett, or David Sackett, he gave the most famous quote um, from, and it's the medical school commencement evidence, or, and he is father of evidence-based medicine. Quote, half of what you'll learn in medical school will be shown either to be dead wrong or out of date within five years of your graduation. The trouble is nobody can tell you which half. So the most important thing is to learn how to learn on your own. And that is so true. So it, and this is what I tell all of our docs. So let's look at this. When you look at these um, conditions or adaptations, High blood pressure, what's the leading cause of that? Unknown, according to the medical world. In my world, it's your body adapting to physical, chemical, emotional stress. Inflammatory bowel, fibromyalgia, high cholesterol, breast cancer. Breast cancer has to do with right side or left side. 85% of breast cancers are on the left side. Why? Because the gut drains to the upper left quadrant. 15% are 
on the right side. Why? Because dental stuff drains, dental and pulmonary drain to this right side. So if you see any problems on the left, think of gut issues. Any problem on the right, think of pulmonary or, or lung issues. And then you look at attention deficit disorder. That's not a disease. Difficult menstrual cycles, maybe because they're exposed to all sorts of things. Just these diseases, okay, are all the body adapting to some type of stress. And you can just work it out. First, you got the mechanical distortion. <clears throat> then you got the nervous system assessing the mechanical distortion. Then you got the body's first response of tightening up those muscles. And what that does, if the muscles are tight, the nervous system is in a stress state from adapting from a mechanical distortion. Bam, then you get the changes in histology. You get the, literally the changes in hormone production in um, the cell production, uh, your thyroid becomes low, your adrenals become uh, firing off, <clears throat> You're, you have low stomach acid, so you get less available amino acids. So instead of building healthy ligaments, your body starts to lay down um, calcium deposits in order to stabilize ligaments, which is really ossification of ligaments, not, not just deposits. So the body's responding. And then what's the end result? Pathology, disease. So really looking at the physical, chemical, and emotional stress is everything, everything. Because when you look at your body, your body is in a continual state of adaptation, continual state of adapting. And this means that it's always going to adapt correctly, correctly based on the stimulus, not incorrectly. Um, now, you know, again, comprehensive physiology, and this is like nine years ago, quote, further understanding of the regulatory mechanisms linking sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system and immune system is critical for understanding relationships between chronic disease and immune system associated changes. So if we know that 60% of the adults, 60% of the adults, 40% of all kids um, actually, 54% of all of our children have a chronic illness or disease from following the system that we have now. Do you think that we need to change that system? Yes or yes? Absolutely we do. So we're going to be literally changing this system into something that first, you're not going to wait for symptoms. You're going to assess, assess and find out what status that person is. You're going to look at the structure, look actually at the structure to see what, what the influence that that structure has to the brain. And even if you're looking at knees, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at knees, hips, shoulders when the patient was told by their doctor, and most of the time it's without an x-ray, oh, it's bone on bone. And I'll take a picture, and you can see it's absolutely not bone on bone, okay? And there's actually movement there. Now, we're going to hit a lot of case studies. We're going to do um, before, after, on a bunch of, bunch of issues. Now, but here, when we know, and if you're educated, you know that the gut microbiome is 80% um, of the immune system, Okay, it's also where neurotransmitters are produced. 
and you have the vagus nerve that governs every function in that gut, okay, except that's only 10% of its function. 90% of it communicates to the brain. So anything that negatively affects that gut is going to negatively affect tissue production and lead to further diseases. Now, this is going to be a shocker for some that are listening um, because you might think that your doctor is prescribing you the beta blocker to reduce your uh, blood pressure or the statin to reduce your cholesterol or the metformin or glucophage to reduce the blood sugar. Of course, you know, without addressing any underlying cause, just addressing these issues. Well, did you know that all high blood pressure medications, um, most sedatives, anxiety medications, antibiotics, antidepressants, pain relievers, this is all the nonsteroidals and cholesterol drugs, all of these alter um, your gut microbiome, your gut microbiome. And these things are huge. Um, you alter the gut microbiome, uh, you destroy your body's ability to regenerate tissue. That's huge. And now, when we look at New England Medical Journal, and now this is only seven years ago, okay, um, they say that do not go to your annual physical because it will result in a battery of unnecessary tests. It's ineffective at preventing disease. Why? Why? Now, I put this slide up before, but why would, would this be ineffective at preventing disease? Aren't the doctors aware that, that the process of disease, that a mechanical distortion can lead to an alteration in communication of the brain, leading to a nervous system or a stress state, an imbalance of the parasympathetic, and then that leads to muscle adaptation or mild pathophysiology, where the muscles are now tightening to protect that antalgic lean. And those muscles, if they're tight, particularly on the spine, you, that stiffness and tightness is a clue that there's a, a dysfunction of some type. And then if that stiffness and tightness, that dysfunction, um, is going to lead to how the cells are created, and that's literally changing. So if you alter the motion on the joint, you're altering the tissue in that joint. So healthy ligaments are going to be changed into bone, into osseous structures. Uh, ignorant doctors will call it calcium deposits or bone spurs. I call it ossification, where the body is turning this healthy ligament into bone. Those are histiologic changes. And then what does that end result lead to? Disease. The annual physical is not looking at the source of diseases. They're looking to categorize you in certain um, classifications so that they can give toxic poisonous chemicals to alter your physiology. And the reason they do this um, diagnostic procedure to give you a label is because their interventions are so gosh darn poisonous that if you have a negative reaction to it, they can say, well, it was appropriate for the protocols. It was appropriate for the diagnosis. Um, let's look at how you can assess it. If you see a bunion formation on someone, this is a foot alarm, for not a foot problem. 
This means that you have a compromised nerve supply to the feet. The nerves that supply that feet come out of the pelvis. If the pelvis is off, I mean, you're talking, this is an altered autonomic state. So this is slow gastric motility, one poop a day, fatigue, sleep, um, skin issues, anxiety from low serotonin production, brain fog. You can't sit or stand for long periods of dysfunction, um, time, sexual dysfunction. And because and, when you're looking at this, why would bunion formation equate to possible sexual dysfunction? Parasympathetic is the arousal. Sympathetic is the stimulation. So you have both the parasympathetic and the sympathetic to alter that, that arousal and joyous period. Okay, but what are we? Are we under chronic stress? Physical, chemical, emotional stress. All of these are the underlying factors in disease. Now, how do you recognize neurologic damage? One of the things that's huge, and this is um, look at asymmetrical eyes. Look at your partner. Look at the kids because we're seeing 54% of our kids have a chronic illness or disease they may never recover from particularly if they're in a system that isn't looking at the underlying factors of these diseases. And how do you do this? You look at asymmetrical eyes. Now, everyone's going to have slight difference in shape, but I'm talking eyeball tracking, where one eye is slightly different than the other. So look at forward head carriage. Look at abnormal posture. Look at toe walking. Look at dark circles under, dark circles under the eyes of a child mean mineral deficiency. Abnormal posture means that they're um, walking different. Look at toe walkers. Toe walkers means that there is some type of upper motor neuron lesion. And these are all things that if identified, you can correct. So what do you do? Number one, you got to check for the appropriate for nerve supply. And how do you do that? X-rays. Why X-rays? Because you're looking at the physical structure. Heart rate variability, that's the automatic nervous system. You're looking at it. And then you do a live blood cell analysis and thermography. This is what we do at our clinic. We do this on 100% of people as we're looking for the stressors. And when you look at this, I mean, just um, this is frontiers of psychiatry. So if you're looking for the cause of depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, inflammatory bowel disease, etc., Okay, they say, look at the vagus nerve and the gut-brain axis in psychiatric and inflammatory disorders. So this means mood control, immune system, digestion, and heart rate. They're saying you've got to look at the structure that's going to lead to the organ dysfunction. That's why you look at it. We know the gut-brain axis, bidirectional communication. And again, look at this, autism, anxiety, behaviors, functional gastro disorders. Uh, that physical structure is directly related to brain function. Yeah, is your neurologist talking about that? Okay, now, regular exercise. Remember, you've got five factors that cause this. Regular exercise. This means daily walking and resistance. Hugely important to have your body adapt to the environment. Now, what's amazing is inactivity is dangerous for you. Activity is great for you. I know it sounds crazy, but look at, look at movement has a vitamin. 
If you're movement deficient, your body is going to break down. So any kind of movement, and we recommend symmetrical movements. We recommend deep breathing, diaphragmatic breathing, and this helps with a lot of people who have severe neurologic issues. And then food. Yes, you're right. Twinkies and Diet Coke is vegetarian. No! (laughs) Run away. That stuff's poisonous. Oh, my gosh. And when Hippocrates said, let food be your medicine and medicine be your food, that is just one culture. Ayurvedic says, um, if diet is poor, medicine is of no good. If diet is good, medicine is of no need. I mean, heck, I can quote myself. Anything you take in your body will either make you healthier or sicker. I mean, you know, I'm not as eloquent as those guys. And why is this a factor? Well, if you look at this, there's, um, uh, it's called NFKB, okay, nuclear factor kappa light chain enhancer of activated B cells. This is a protein complex found in almost all animal cells, and it's involved in stress responses. How important is this NFKB? Hugely important because this, remember, it's, it's um, uh, a nuclear factor kappa light chain enhancer of activated B cells. It's a protein complex that's secreted by the body under stress. What type of diseases is it involved in? Cancer, hardening of the arteries, heart attacks, diabetes, allergies, arthritis, Crohn's disease, multiple sclerosis, Alzheimer's, osteoporosis, psoriasis, septic shock, and AIDS. Okay, now nearly every fruit and vegetable contains an inhibitor of that. So does that mean all you got to do to correct Crohn's disease is take fruits and vegetables? No, there's five factors. You got the kinesiopathophysiology or movement. You've got the alterations in, in nervous system. You've got alterations in muscle. You've got alterations in cell production. And then you have the presentation of disease. What about multiple sclerosis? Same thing. You've got to look at this. Now, what's another factor for correction? Sufficient sleep. If you're not sleeping good, you're not regenerating your body. Because what does poor sleep do? It elevates cholesterol, elevates blood sugar. So if you have somebody with high cholesterol or if they have been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, did they check the sleep patterns? Did they check the physical, chemical, and emotional stressors? No. And this is why when we go through our protocols here and we do the physical stressor, Uh, assessment. Then we do the neurological assessment. Then we do the palpatory assessment. So we're checking the structure, the nervous system, the muscle system. Okay. And then we know that's going to change the hormonal production and that's going to be the end result. And what's the final factor? And this is why we talk about checking your nervous system, make sure regular exercise, nutrition, good sleep. What's the third, fifth one? Prayer and meditation. Prayer and meditation is huge. And if, if you look at um, the, one of the greatest studies on cancer, and this is the Journal of Scientific Exploration, where they injected these mice, knowing that 100% of the mice are going to die of carcinoma, adenocarcinoma, uh, mammary adenocarcinoma specifically, within 100 days or 14 to 27 days. And 100% of them lived just by... Um, these volunteers holding them. Now, is there an energy force in the body? Yeah. 
how did this work? If you could reverse cancer just by holding an animal, how does that work? Well, that's energetic issues. That's energetic medicine. Um, there's a poison ivy study out of, out of Japan where they had this group of people that was allergic to a plant, rubbed it on one arm and a plant, innocuous substance, rubbed on the other arm. Sure enough, 100% of the people in the study, children, developed an allergic reaction on the other arm they rubbed it on. What they didn't tell them is they switched the leaves that the leaf they put on the arm that didn't develop a rash was actually the one that they were going to develop a rash, and they had an innocuous one on the one they did develop a rash. So they had to suppress their immune system reaction using their mind and express a, a, a reaction using their mind. So does that mean physical, chemical, and emotional stress should be addressed? Absolutely. So what do we know so far? There is an inborn intelligence in the body. That's fact. Your body is self-healing and self-regulating. That's fact. 97 to 99% of diseases, symptoms, are really an intelligent adaptation to physical, chemical, and emotional stressors. That means blood pressure, cholesterol, inflammation, everything. Those are really adaptations. And there's a difference between genetic expression and genetics. You perceive your environment through your nervous system, and this is how your body regenerates. Now, we're going to have all this stuff tonight. And the second part of this, we're going to go through certain things that will be censored by the Ministry of Truth. Just know that, that even though we have a bit of a breather, that the morons in the government are going to declare, you know, sometime in May that the emergency is going to be over. Um, expect for more challenges from the government because once power is taken from the people and given to a small group, that small group will not give it up willingly. This is Dr. John Bergman, your voice of reason. God bless you, and I love you.